I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Sunday side sessions. I am Mike Schaefer, and this week I am joined by 1620 The Zone, Sharp and Benning co-host Damon Benning. Damon, how are we doing? Mike J, how are you, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's a Sunday morning. The Cleveland Guardians can't be stopped. The uh, the Minnesota Vikings can't lose today. Uh, already got a few stories in the bag. Got a, got a light afternoon potentially up ahead. I, I I'm not gonna lie, Damon. You know, pretty good. <laughs> it's shaping up to be a pretty good Sunday. I uh, I feel pretty good about how I'm living at least. But uh, how how you doing after after watching hated rival Oklahoma come here? and give Nebraska basically everything and a little bit more. Uh, and quite frankly, if Brent Venables wasn't such a uh, nice individual, that could have been even uglier on Saturday. Yeah, total class act. And, you know, it's, it's, it's always hard to watch. I mean, anytime your, autom- your alma mater takes it on the chin like that and you know that they're struggling as a program, it uh, it can grate on you. But – the good thing is, is it still bugs me. I think it's going to always bug me. And, and as long as that's the case, that way I know that I care. Yeah, I. This is sort of a weird way to, to kind of start this, but I, I am curious because this is, do you find yourself more emotionally invested in Nebraska now that you have a good friend in Mickey Joseph that's in this role as the, the interim head coach? It's not that you weren't obviously, you know, friends with Scott Froster, you certainly knew him, you played with them, but it's a little bit different with Mickey, I would imagine, in this particular spot and having that kind of start. Yeah, I mean, being, being you know, good friends, obviously, um, is, is a little bit of a change, but not necessarily a game changer, right? I'm, I'm, I, was, I was passionate about, you know, Nebraska's program with Bill Callahan and, and Bo Pelini and and certainly Mike Riley and for sure Scott Frost. But, you know, Mickey, the stakes are a little raised because we talk so much. And uh, we talked before he was the head coach at Nebraska, and we still continue to talk as he is the head coach at Nebraska. So, I mean, I don't know if it's any more personal on a Nebraska level, but it is certainly a different dynamic on the friendship side because we don't always talk about the same things that we normally would from from his vantage point yeah 
from as a as a player and obviously it's not like you went through a, a coaching change like this but as a player when you see an interim coach when you see Mickey Joseph come out in his press conference and quite frankly it felt like every other sentence he was trying to just simply say this was on him yeah what what, what would you think that means to the guys in the locker room right now? well I, I I think you know it's kind of a of a weird uh, a, a, a weird situation right now because I think the players know that it's a, a lot of that is on them. And when Mickey says, Hey, it's on me, we've got to get better. He's modeling the behavior of accountability. He knows that he wasn't probably perfect in terms of what he wanted to do. Uh, he knows that the, the coaching staff wasn't perfect in terms of what they wanted to do. And I think the players know that they've got to do better as well. So when they hear him say that, I think they understand their part in terms of having his back, but they the, the bigger message is individual accountability. And I think from that standpoint, they completely get it. Yeah. Bye week coming up. Is this, is this the right time for Nebraska to be getting a bye week? I mean, obviously you'd love to have a game to kind of cleanse what just happened with Oklahoma but they really get kind of an opportunity for a week to dial in. And if they need to make changes, whether they're personnel or, or schematic or what have you, they have a little extra time to do that. I mean, do you foresee this being sort of a, an invaluable week for, for kind of a staff working on the fly and for a team that just kind of needs a chance to catch its breath after this start? Yeah, I think it's definitely a, a perfect time because, and he answered the question beautifully. I, I, couldn't have scripted it any better if you gave me a month to think it out, right? And he answered it on the fly. Details, details, and drills, right? Because fundamentally, we can talk scheme a ton, and and certainly scheme matters. Believe me, scheme matters. But, you know, the fundamentals have kind of gone by the wayside. And for whatever the reason, Nebraska is not a very good fundamentally sound team. And I think it gives them the opportunity to kind of pull back, sit back, and it's certainly not relaxed, but you get to dissect where you need to get better. If it's quick set, if it's my hands, if it's my footwork, if it's eyes up, without a game plan and preparation to get ready for, all you're really doing is drills. And he answered the question beautifully when he said, you know, it's about drill work and a lot less team because – I mean, just think about it. If you ever watched a little league team or a high school team and the head coach or the staff may not feel confident or, excuse me, confident about turning drills over to his assistants, so they go team because team is easy to keep everybody under the same roof mm-hmm. and get things done collectively and not as much individual accountability. But it's hard to function that way because you can't always see everything that you need to see in team. And I know people say perfect, you know, practice makes perfect, but practicing perfectly is what makes perfect. If you practice poor habits and you 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 get that in a, a team environment, then your team doesn't really get any better. So I think really taking some time to get back to the basics, you know, bringing the hands and running the feet and and you know, even if it's a scheme deal, Shafe, and you're thinking, okay, how do these drills? manifest himself in a team and a team frame maybe it's not giving a guy a two-way go right if i'm a safety coming down into the box and 
and I know that my, the guys in front of me need to squeeze so my back can't do multiple different things to me. I can rep coming downhill in practice just so muscle memory-wise I know what it feels like in a game. I think all those little things matter big picture. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I, this is just, just my personal thought on it. I'm curious where you're at. I, I came in thinking Nebraska had the talent in the secondary to overcome the lack of experience. And a third of the way into the season, I couldn't be more wrong. I, I just, I've honestly, of all the things that have gone wrong for this team coming in, I didn't think they'd be able to hold up particularly well with the offensive line. I didn't think that they were going to have a great defensive run front against their run, but I thought that they had some guys in the secondary that could make some plays. I thought they'd be a little bit more aggressive. I thought there was some talent to replace some really critical players for them. What, in your opinion, as a guy who's coached defensive backs, as a guy who studies college football and football at large, what what is happening for Travis Fisher's group right now? Because they just look so out of sync in a way that we haven't seen in five years. I mean, this is the worst the secondary has looked for Nebraska. Yeah, I don't – and, you know, it's, it's kind of strange. You know, um, just because I talked to you enough – the secondary was always a cause for concern for me. I liked, I thought I was going to like the cornerback situation significantly more than I liked the safeties room. But 
You know, I think it's a couple of things. Um, and I think the last one is really ability. I think some of it is schematically you've got to play to, to, to those guys' strengths. And by that, I mean everybody's different in terms of what they're comfortable doing. Some guys um, are zone guys. Some guys like to play a little more man. You know, if you need to protect some guys in terms of not wanting to allow them to play man-to-man, you know, you schematically you have to help them out. I mean, it's no it's no secret, I think, offenses right now have found a couple of their safeties to try to put them in man-to-man situations. They go a ton of spread against Nebraska with a light box, just trying to isolate guys. And so those are things that you really have to rep in practice. They need a little bit more athleticism too. And I think it's hard for me, Shafe, because I don't really know the answer, but i give you something to think about. I don't know if the training and the strength and conditioning and the recruiting in terms of evaluating players is all in sync. Because a lot of times there's a certain level of athleticism, a, a benchmark that you probably need to play at the power five level. And you have those measurables, right? You should probably be so fast. You should probably be so twitchy. Now, whatever that is, it's relative to the scheme you want to play. But it's also up to the strength and conditioning staff to make sure that you're maximizing that said athleticism. When I look at the body types, and 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 this isn't really – hear my heart. This isn't – and I mean this. It's not an indictment of, of Zach Duvall and that strength staff. But I think the the body types that you bring in have to marry with the way that your strength staff likes to train – and what they're good at. So you have to play to those strengths to see individual players peak athleticism. You know, um, a big Oklahoma made a big deal about getting Schmidt back, right, in the strength and conditioning program at Oklahoma. He fit the way that Brett Venables wanted to play defense in terms of mass and strength. And, you know, Lincoln Riley was a guy that liked lighter and quicker and things like mm-hmm. that. So – I, I say all that to say you you have to those things go together. They spend a ton of time. And so if I if I'm Deshaun Singleton or, you know, I'm Kobe Bretts or uh, any of these guys, you know, gold, any of these guys in the secondary, it has to fit with what my strength and conditioning staff wants to do in term, you know, to give me a chance to be successful. So I don't know how quick I am to evaluate Nebraska's overall athleticism until I see what the give and take is to get those guys ready in the strength and conditioning room too, because I don't think there's, there's any, you know, it's interesting just to see some of these guys still the same size. It's kind of the same shapes as they were when they got here. Cause there has to be some individual player accountability with that as well. Is that, is that, a potential emphasis so much is made of the strength and conditioning and Nebraska's issues in the trenches that we haven't paid enough attention to what's happened with those skill guys yeah. for the last five years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because sometimes it's not just about it's sometimes it's not just about having muscles and, and being cut and all these other things. Right. I mean, cause a lot of those guys look good. Um, but the functionality of being twitchy, 
and explosive and able to sustain over time. I mean, I watched Oklahoma yesterday with some big body types. I mean, you got to think they were snapping the ball with, you know, 19 or 20 seconds left on the play clock. And this is after 12 or 13 yard gains. So the ability to snap it, sprint, line up, do it again, and be operating at 85, 90% maximum capacity of what your VO2 can put out. I, I, I thought it was impressive. I mean, you see a 40 yard pass play. And by the time they spot the ball, that O-line is ready to be over the ball. Like, I think there's something to that. So the longer you can do that and the more repetitive you can make that, that adds to the look of how the naked eye sees athleticism. If you're, if you're not in as good emotional state and it kind of leaks into your physical state in terms of how you feel about yourself or you're not as good physically, it shows up in terms of looking slow and sluggish because you're not able to sustain over time. So I'd have to kind of take a deep dive into how twitchy guys are or aren't and watch them a ton to see why it isn't correlating. But as you know, and I've, and I've said this for a couple of months, the secondary, I, I felt like I was kind of trying to talk people into it, right? Like, I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I, I know Coach Fisher and those guys have done a good job in terms of of not allowing plays over the top, but it, it, it was it was it was definitely a cause for concern coming into this one. And I would put it defensively before the season started, as you know, I put it right behind the D line uh, in terms of my concern because you don't bring in guys that late. You don't bring in more. You don't bring in Kane Williams. You just don't bring those guys in if you feel good about where you mm-hmm. are. I mean, there, there's a lot of scholarships being had in that secondary. Yeah. No, that's a that's a really good point. Uh, from one um, problem area to maybe the most visible on Saturday, and it's not getting any better with the news of Teddy Prohaska redshirting, Nebraska's offensive line – is as big of a mess as I can recall it at any point in the last decade plus. And there's times where they haven't had the most talented line, but the issues just seem to be all over the place. They're not getting pushed. They're not diagnosing pressures. It doesn't seem like there's much communication. Uh, You have guys sliding in and out of spots where, um, you know, Kevin Williams was at left guard at times. You had Turner Corcoran now at left tackle, Teddy Prohaska out. Bryce Benhart's playing with two different right guards. The only constant, I mean, I guess Benhart's been at right tackle all year, but the only real constant has been Trent Hickson, and they haven't had a lot of issues at center, I guess. So when you look at that offensive line, and they have eight games left, and if Nebraska's going to do anything, that line has to substantially get better. What, what, if anything, can they do to make it easier for their offensive line? I mean, do they, do they have to consider going to heavier protection um, to, to try to have success on, I, I mean, it's big 10 teams are going to feast on this line. I mean, yeah, it's, but, it just doesn't look good. Yeah. They, I, you know, they're in, they're in big trouble. I, I think along the offensive and defensive line. And again, it's one of those things where it's kind of hard for me to deduce, um, talent from development. You know, there's some guys that I liked coming out of high school, you know, like, I like Matt Fritchie. I, I thought that he was kind of a, a diamond in the rough. I liked a lot of the things that I saw, but for whatever the reason, it just hasn't developed into 
to who I thought he was going to be. I liked Latovsky. And, and uh, while he shows me flashes of some things that I like, I just don't know about the development. I, I would be curious to see how other programs train and develop their interior guys versus what Nebraska's doing because it's more than just about coaches. I mean, this is this has gone on through a couple of different um, coaches along the offensive line. And so I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's offensive line development. But, you know, you do have to maybe think about some max protection. Um, you maybe have to keep backs in. I just don't know. You know, Nebraska's going to have to give up some things, right? The the ability to get vertical and get multiple guys into the route. You may only have two or three guy patterns, um, and you have to live with that to keep your quarterback upright. What we saw yesterday in terms of run blocking compared to pass blocking is pretty much what I thought we were seeing in fall camp. There's a little bit of fool's gold early on with Nebraska's quick game and their passing game those first three games out. You know, and people would say, well, you know, I thought we struggled with pass pro. And I'm like, you know, well, we did. I mean, there were edge guys defensively that were getting to the quarterback in camp. And I'm just thinking we obviously haven't seen that so far from the defensive side on the flip side. So it, it had to be more about who they were going against versus, you know, who they really are in terms of a football team. Where – where have you seen some things that are positive for Nebraska right now? Obviously, one and three, close win over North Dakota, bad loss to Georgia Southern, bad loss to Northwestern, who lost yesterday. It does not look like a team that's going to be heading to a bowl game. And then obviously blown out by Oklahoma. So it's a lot of bad. But where, what positives have you found so far for the first third of the season, you know, and just in terms of individual performances uh, for guys that can maybe build off of that as they work towards the back half of the year? I definitely like the I like the running back room, um, you know, and we'll see what happens with the injury news on AJ on AJ Allen. Um, you know, that's that's obviously going to be a tough blow for Nebraska. Um, I think they've provided some s s stability there. Um, I don't know how portable kind of that run game will be going forward, um, but I do like some of the talent in that room. I like I like the skill guys. I like I like the wide receivers. I and it's little things, Shafe. You know, it's imagine if and a lot of it is practice. And I hate to keep saying that, but did you see how many times Nebraska wide receivers caught passes and they didn't get vertical, right? Like getting up the field. It was always kind of making a move or a little bit of a hesitancy. See, that's muscle memory where if I'm in practice and I'm getting balls and I'm getting vertical right away and every time I'm thinking get as much as I can get and make them, you know, snap it again, I think you'll see that a lot more. It seems like other teams that play against Nebraska do most of the dictating. And so I'll be curious to see, like, hey, catch it and get vertical. And I know it's being – I know it's being taught. It has to be done against – in, in high-level intensity against other good bodies where DBs can see it, wide receivers can see it. Why can I not dance at the line of scrimmage as a running back when occasionally it works? Because as you elevate against competition, the more efficient with your movements you have to be. Nebraska hasn't been very efficient 
with their movements, i.e. getting vertical, getting as much as you can get, and then just snap it again, right? Not every play is going to be a big gain. I don't have to lose four to try to gain one. Take the two-yard gain and snap it again. Second and eight isn't ideal, but it's certainly better than third or second and 14, right? So if it's a bubble screen or a tunnel screen or just a simple handoff, be efficient with your movements. And I think if they did that and they did more dictating, they would probably look to the naked eye shape. I bet you they'd look a lot more athletic, right? Just simply getting to where you need to be with a sense of urgency can give you the allure of being more athletic than you were. If you watch the way Mike Brown played, he wasn't the most athletic guy, certainly wasn't the twitchiest, but he he went to where he was going with purpose. So he gave you the appearance that he was playing much faster than he was actually capable of playing. And I think a lot of that is just dictated by body movement. So I like the fact that I think Nebraska has really good skill at the skill spots. I just like to see them kind of improve upon it. The other thing that I that I like is the, the special teams in terms of, you know, Bushimi and, and Bleak Road. He did a really good job. Bushini for for this particular example, a ton, because the first two returns, I could see it up on the radio broadcast. Oklahoma felt they had something to the right of Nebraska's or to the right of Nebraska's return game. So it would be to Oklahoma's mm-hmm. left or to the sidelines. And the first two punts, you know, Mems kind of got loose and, you know, they were 12, 13 yard gains. The next two, he pinned them closer to the hash along to the to the kicker's right to the return game's left to try to neutralize what Mims was trying to do in the ret- or either return or in the return game. So those are little things that I like that let me know that they're being well coached, right? Because you wanted to play if they want to go left, doesn't make sense to the ne- to kind of hear it sometimes, but if they want to go left with their return game, kick it left so they don't have as much real estate to go left. They you you squeeze and yep. restrict what they're able to do. So I, I kind of like those little things as well. Right about here is where we ran into some technical difficulties. So unfortunately wasn't able to finish the show with Damon as intended, uh, but we'll try to clean that up for future weeks. Appreciate everybody listening to the Sunday side session. I will be back with another one on October 2nd after Nebraska plays Indiana. Not sure who that guest is going to be yet, but we will have plenty of Husker 24-7 podcast content coming up. No hype cast, obviously, this week. We're not going to get you hyped for a bye week. Uh, get out there. Do something fun. Enjoy your Saturdays. They've been uh, commandeered by Nebraska football, hijacked, if you will, for the last, oh, I don't know, five, six seasons. They haven't been great. Get yourself a good Saturday. Let's have a good Saturday out there. Everybody have a good time. Uh, find something fun. Do something with it. Don't. Don't feel like you got to go to a pumpkin patch or go apple picking or spend time with the family. Do something for you. Do something for yourself. That is a goal for this upcoming Saturday. All right. 
I will be back with some more Husker 24-7 podcasts throughout the week. Uh, looking to bring in a couple guests, get some conversation going about Husker football, where it sits right now, what it potentially could be, who the kind of coaches are that they should be going after, that sort of thing. So hoping to have those conversations this week. We'll get Michael Brunson, and Brian Christofferson on here as well, uh, get their thoughts. But be sure to stop by Husker247.com. There's a lot of stuff going on the website right now. We are going to have kind of a look at some different coaches throughout the week. So you're going to want to check that out at Husker 24-7. Great time to become a member, uh, to get signed up, to get all that inside information, to get the VIP analysis from recruiting, from the potential coaching hires, all that sort of stuff. So great time, great deal out there. You're going to want to jump on that. That's not going to last forever. You don't want to be one of those people who's not in the boat when it pulls away uh, from the uh, the dock, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like using analogies, and I don't even know where I'm going with them. But I think you've all picked up on that by now. All right. I am going to take off. And once again, be sure to check out Husker 24-7. That's going to have all of your needs. Have a great week ahead. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.